0: please I guess happy fall break is in order to those of you who are in the school system I know uh, a lot of <laughs> Doug saying amen over there it's prayer answered isn't it Doug yeah yeah uh, I know a lot of you are involved with the school system and a lot of our, our children are off this week. And I hope that everyone has a safe fall break. I hope that everyone can meet back here this Wednesday. While you're off, if you're off, I just want to remind you of what we do here during the week. Um, in the mornings, there are people here just about every morning. Uh, every uh, weekday morning, we have prayer prayer. Here at 8 o'clock, so if you would like to be with us, and, and, and if you have something that needs to be prayed for, or, or you have someone that needs to be prayed for, uh, we would love to pray with you and for you. Uh, or maybe you'd just like to join in with the prayer and help someone else. We believe here at Fountainhead, our elders most certainly do, that prayer is very powerful. And uh, we as as Christians, we need to be uh, being together and, and praying to our Heavenly Father and, and bringing those petitions before Him. So, 8 o'clock this week, I'm not taking off. Uh, the, the kids are taking off, but I'm not taking off. So, Lord willing, me uh, and Matt, Lord willing, if he's here, and, and Brother Willie, he's always here as well, and, and uh, some others of you are here, our regulars every morning, would love to have you, love to have you if you get a chance, 8 o'clock. Every morning on Friday morning, on Friday morning, we've been going through the book of First Corinthians. We have a Bible study every Friday morning, and we would love for you to be with us on that. We're in uh, First Corinthians chapter 6, Matt, is where we'll be uh, this time. What we do is we all take turns reading part of that chapter, and then we discuss it. We, we talk about what the Bible says. So we'd love for you to be a part of that with us as well. So just a few reminders while some of you are off this week and you're looking for a really good thing to do. Uh, Judges chapter 11. You can turn your handout there. I believe it's in your handout that I gave you. Or you can turn your Bibles and you can follow along. Judges chapter 11, verses 1 through 3. I put the title on this lesson. I I try to title everything. The Desperate Deals We Make With God. The Desperate Deals We Make With God. We're going to be studying about Jephthah today, uh, as we've studied in our Bible classes Chapter 11, Judges chapter 11, verse 1. Now Jephthah the Gileadite was a mighty man of valor. He was the son of a harlot. And Gilead begot Jephthah. Gilead's wife bore sons. And when his wife's sons grew up, they drove Jephthah out and said to him, You shall have no inheritance in our father's house, for you are the son of another woman. Then Jephthah fled from his brothers and dwelt in the land of Tob. And worthless men banded together with Jephthah and went out raiding, went out raiding with him. Jephthah started out as one of the bad boys of the Bible. He's a contemporary of Samson. He and Samson would have been judging different areas of Israel at this time. He's a sons of anarchy kind of guy, a real tough guy. Who grew up in a mess. He was rejected by a mess. (laughs) His mom was a prostitute and so he's rejected by his half brothers and he ends up going and starting and joining a gang. Is what we the way we would put it today. Worthless men who went out raiding, stealing. Causing trouble, he's that guy. He went out and joined a gang, as many of our young men and many of our young women do today. They go out and they they join things uh, when they want to feel wanted, when they want to fit in, when they feel rejected by their family. To feel loved, they they join these gangs and feel loved in a weird sense. Verse 4, it came to pass after a time that the people of Ammon made war against Israel. And so it was when the people of Ammon made war against Israel that the elders of Gilead went to get Jephthah from the land of Tob. Then they said to Jephthah, come and, and be our commander that we may fight against the people of Ammon. So Jephthah said to the elders of Gilead, do you not hate me? Did you not hate me and expel me from my father's house? Why have you come to me now when you are in distress? You kicked me out. You told me basically that I was worthless, and now you want me back. Now you want me back. huh? And the elders of Gilead said to Jephthah, "This is why we have turned again to you now that you may go with us and fight against the people of Ammon Ammon, and be our head over all the inhabitants of Gilead. So Jephthah said to the elders, If you take me back home to fight against the people of Ammon and the Lord delivers them to me, shall I be your head? Here you are, you've rejected me, you've kicked me out of the country, but now you want me to be the head, and and really, if if I defeat them, you're going to make me the head. And the elders of Gilead said to Jephthah, The Lord will be a witness between us if we do not do according to your words. Then Jephthah went with the elders of Gilead and the people made him head and commander over them and Jephthah spoke all of his words before the Lord in Mizpah. One thing I love about Jephthah is is he's at least honorable. At least he's honorable. You treat me right and I'll treat you right. He, he honors God here at the very last of the verses that we've just read. But Jephthah, who's been given control, lacks faith. He lacks faith. Verses 12 through 28, we won't read those. Uh, Jephthah uses wise restraint. What he does is he tries to avoid war. He's become the head of the children of Israel, those in Gilead, and he tries to avoid war. He 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 goes and he tries to talk with the king of Ammon, and but the king of Ammon he he doesn't he doesn't heed the words of Jephthah. In verse 29, the spirit of the Lord came upon Jephthah, and he passed through Gilead and Manasseh, and passed through Mispa of Gilead, and from Mispa of Gilead he advanced toward the people of Ammon. So here he is. He's had to go back home. He's gone home. He's been kicked out of his, out of his home and now he's back. He's on top. And Jephthah, verse 30, made a vow to the Lord and said, if you will indeed deliver the people of Ammon into my hands, then I, then it will be whatever comes out the doors of my house to meet me when I return in peace from the people of Ammon shall surely be the Lord's, and I will offer it up as a burnt offering. He had been pushed out of his house. Now he returns. He wants to win. And there's this just great pressure on him to achieve it, to achieve this victory to the point that he makes this rash Vow, Jephthah goes from from gang member to, to leader of the army to a judge of Israel to ambassador for all the children of Israel. He probably feels a little overwhelmed, wouldn't you? We know this because he makes this deal with God. You know, if he was totally confident in the faith that everybody else had in him and in the faith that God had in him, he wouldn't have made this vow. We can relate, can't we? We can relate to this. I mean, how many times have we said, God, if we pray to Him, God, if you'll just do blank, then I'll promise you I'll do blank. How many times have we made these desperate deals with God? God, if you'll just take care of my family and get me out of this trouble, i promise you I'll serve you for the rest of my days. And guess what? The trouble gets through with your family. Have you served him yet? Oh, God, if you'll just get me out of this trouble that I've put myself in with the law, if you'll just do that, I promise you, God, I'll follow you the rest of my days. Well, the trouble's over. Have you followed through? Let me take it down just a notch. That's, that's a little harsh, okay? Every year, every year, let me look at the statistic I put down here. Every year, 45% of Americans, 45% of Americans make a New Year's resolution. Who here makes New Year's resolutions? Raise your hand. Raise your hand. Come on, mate. raise your hand. Who here makes New Year's resolutions? Well, you're under the national average. 45% of us make New Year's <laughs> resolutions. Here's the other statistic. Only 20, 26% of those people who make New Year's resolutions keep them. Only 26%. Here's some of the, here's some of the big ones. Have you ever uh, wanted to lose weight? That's number one. The number one resolution for 2014 was to lose weight. How about get organized? Have you ever prayed to God, Dear Lord, if you just let me get organized, I, I promise I will not ever be unorganized again. How about uh, spend less, save more? Been there, done that? Got the t-shirt, right? T-shirt cost too much, so you had to pray for that one again. (laughs) Enjoy life. You, you, You Pray, dear Lord. I just want to enjoy life to its fullest. How's that working for you? Staying fit and healthy lasts for about two weeks, doesn't it? Two weeks till it gets too cold or too hot, or you get too tired. Learn something exciting. That was number six. Quit smoking is number seven. Number eight, help others in their dreams. Number nine, the the number nine uh, New Year's Revol- Re- top ten resolution is fall in love. Number ten, spend more time with family. How are some of those, if you've ever made any of those deals with God, please, dear Lord, if you just give me more time with my family, I promise that I'll spend it with them and I'll enjoy that time that you've given me. Or did you just fill that time with something else? He gave it to you and you filled it with something else. We've all made deals with God. We're told, though, Matthew chapter 5, verses 34 through 36, Do not swear at all, neither by heaven, for it's God's throne, nor by earth, for it's His footstool, nor by Jerusalem, for it's the city of the great King, nor shall you swear by your head, because you cannot one make one hair white or black. Willie, you're out of luck. There's no way by praying about it you could make your hair black. And still we deal. And still we deal. What are some things that could make us deal? Well, I kind of laid them out for us here. What are some things that could make us deal? Many times we go through physical defeat. Physical defeat. I know some of you who who are in pain daily. Every day you wake up You hurt physically. Every time you walk in those doors, I shake your hand. How are you doing? I'm just glad I'm here, is your answer. There are many days you may say, God, I'm not able to do this anymore. God says, I'm able. Second Corinthians chapter nine verse eight, and God is able to make all a grace abound toward you that you always having all sufficiency in all things may have an abundance for every good work. And yet I know and you know that, that daily, daily, pain can can push us into, into a depression. We get depressed. The pain is so great, we, we may cry out, I, I just can't go on anymore. This is just too much. I can't go on with this anymore. But God whispers, my grace is sufficient. My grace is enough. Paul was told, 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 9, my grace is sufficient for you. My strength is made perfect in weakness. Yet, even with or without our pain, we find ourselves... Many times in the pit of mental despair, don't we? Hey, these, things, these are things that can make you make deals with God. These are some things that could make you hit your knees and, and beg Him. We find ourselves in the pit of mental despair, and the reaction is to escape, to detach ourselves. We we just want to get away from it. We just want to detach ourselves from whatever it is that's bothering us. And we escape. We find lots of ways to escape. We'll go on vacation. I'm not saying vacation is bad. Please don't say that. But sometimes we use it as an escape. We'll watch a movie on TV. I'm not saying watching movies on TV is a bad thing. I'm saying sometimes we use it as an escape. Drugs, alcohol, those are the hard ways of doing it. But we do it every day. Trying to detach ourselves and escape from this mental anguish that we're in. These quick fixes, they don't work anymore. And so we snap it's not worth it it's just not worth it but it is worth it Romans chapter 8 verse 28 and we know that all things work together for for good to those who love God and to those who are called according to his purpose if we're Christians we may forget this but we need to quit detaching and remembering why we're so why we were so faithful to begin with when the demands of this life Start bringing us down. You know, the demands on us are so much. 21st century America, friends, family, work, activities. No wonder we're so tired. No wonder. But If you're a Christian you're a Christian, you can find rest. Matthew chapter 11, verse 28, Come to Me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take My yoke upon you and learn from Me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart. You will find rest for your souls, for My yoke is easy and My burden is light. Most of the time, our mental and emotional undoing are our own undoing. We do it to ourselves a lot of times. Uh, Moral denial has turned us all many times into hypocrites. Things that a year ago we would have judged harshly. We would have said a year ago, it's never going to happen in my life. It's never going to happen in my family. I'm never going to allow that. But just let a year pass by and let your family member or yourself be involved in it. Everything kind of seems to change then, doesn't it? and we get in this moral denial today many times things a year ago we would have judged harshly we deny clear teachings of god because we know someone or we know uh, ourselves we are involved in that sin we begin to we begin to defend our actions Yet Isaiah writes, Isaiah chapter 5 verse 20, Woe to those who call evil good and good evil, who put darkness for light and light for darkness, who put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. You know, we might believe we've done so wrong and there's no way to get back. You know, we've, we've messed up so much, there's no way that we can come back to God. But with God, Luke chapter 18 verse 27, the things which are impossible with men are possible with God. With God, all things are possible. And you can come back. We know of those who in moral denial, they depart from the Word of God. They depart from the life of God. They depart from the body of Christ. And it was prophesied. It was prophesied. Second Timothy chapter 3, verse 1. But know this, that in the last days, perilous times will come. For men will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boasters, proud, blasphemers, uh, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, unloving, unforgiving, slanderers without self-control, brutal, despisers of good, traitors, headstrong, haughty, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having having a form of godliness but denying its power. Power, and from such people turn away this was prophesied. we understand that yet, like the prodigal son, if we 're in that situation, we can come to our senses luke it, it says in Luke chapter fifteen verse seventeen, the prodigal son he came to his senses, he came back into his right mind, and still we may not believe that we can come back to God, but I want you to understand Philippians 4, verse 13, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I can make it with Christ's help. No matter what you're going through. I hope, I hope you've noticed the pattern that to get over the physical defeat, to get over the mental despair, to get over the moral denial... We're going to have to have spiritual devotion. It's going to take spiritual devotion. And to do that, to do so, we're we're going to have to determine Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2, that we present our bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is our reasonable service. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is good, what is acceptable, what is the perfect will of God. We must... Colossians chapter 3 verse 1 if we were raised uh, and when I'm ta- when he's talking about that we're raised according to to uh, Romans chapter 6 verses 1 through 4 we're raised from the waters of baptism if we were raised if we were baptized with Christ Seek those things which are above. If you're a Christian, seek those things which are above. Quit staying down in the pit of despair. Quit, quit wallowing in, the, in that physical defeat. I know it hurts. I know it does. But set your th- sights on things above where Christ is. He, he's sitting at the right hand of God. He's, he's waiting just for the word to come back. We'll be with him forever. We must determine, we must determine to do this daily. Luke 9.23 Then He said to them, If anyone desires to come after Me, let him deny himself, take up his cross daily, and follow Me. God has already made the deal. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in Him shall not perish but have everlasting life. And all the blessings are in Jesus Christ. The rewards for that deal are in Christ and we've just got to accept the deal. The deal has already been made. For those outside of Christ, this deal is desperate. Jesus Christ may come back at any moment. He may come back right. Okay, He didn't. But He may come back right alright, he didn't. we still got time to make our life right with God. Jesus may come back in any moment and you don't want to be found unprepared. Like Brother Kenny said a few weeks ago, you, you, you may think you got the time, but you may not have it. If you're a Christian, I want you to take the lesson of Jephthah and the desperate deal that he made with God. How it cost him later on, we read, it cost him his daughter. And we don't have to make desperate deals with God. If you're a Christian today, if, we have, if we'll just have faith, God will carry us through. We need to have, that. We have faith enough that God is going to carry us through. But you may, you may need a little help. This is a true story. A friend of mine and her husband went on a trip. It was their anniversary. 21st anniversary. Their marriage was in trouble. And they had hoped that maybe this trip, this anniversary trip, would help them out. They were staying in a nice hotel. And every day they would walk out of this nice hotel. They would walk out of it. And there was an old man sitting on the front stoop of the hotel. And he was sitting there every day in the morning. And when they came back from their daily fun, he would be sitting there in the evening. The rest of the time, that old man, he was being housed in that hotel. That's where the the cancer treatment center, where his wife was, had put him up. Okay, So you've got an old man... He stand there at night. He stands with his wife during the day at the Cancer Treatment Center. They see him, this couple sees him in the morning, they see him at night. All right. You got the story. You just see it in your mind. Every day he's he's peeling an apple in the morning and at night. They stop and they talk to him every day. Every time they leave or every time they come back, can we do anything? You need any money. They think he's a bum, you know, but he but he's not. He he tells them their story and he has watched them, though, every day come back and forth. It was the last day of their vacation. And she stopped and asked the man, How's your wife doing? He said, You know, he didn't, he didn't say anything. He said, You know, 50 years ago, I was going off to World War II. And he opened up his wallet. And he pulled out a Band-Aid. And he said, My wife, before I went off to war, she was young. She didn't know what war was about. And she said, Honey, if you get hurt, I want you to put this in your billfold. Because if you get hurt, you can use this Band-Aid. Now, we, we think, how, how silly, how childish is that? Because when you get hurt in war, a Band-Aid ain't going to do it, is it? But he kept that with him for 50 years. And he looked up at my friend. He said, my wife died this, this morning. You need this Band-Aid more than I do. You and your husband She gave me a Band-Aid to remind me that no matter how hard it gets, there's always people who care. There's always a God in heaven who will help you fix it. It it may take more than a Band-Aid this morning. You may need more help than a Band-Aid. But we can't help you unless you ask. Won't you come right now? As together we stand and sing.